I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast. And as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're looking at the Westall UFO incident that happened here in Australia. But before we get into that, I just want to say if you enjoyed this episode or any of the previous episodes, please feel free to like and subscribe to the podcast. If you use iOS, please give us a five-star rating. It really does help other people find the podcast. We are also on Facebook and Instagram. And the other big thing at the moment is that we have t-shirts that you can purchase from teespring.com. There will be a link the description of this podcast. All right, well, that's probably enough of the uh, formality. Let's just get into this. Let's get into the podcast, hey? The Westall UFO incident is something that I have briefly sort of touched on on the podcast, uh, most likely for the reason of it being one of the biggest, most cited UFO cases in the world, really, where over 200 people all saw the exact same thing at the same time. And anyone who, you know, does a bit of research into UFO sightings, it's never anything near that scale, especially um, when there isn't a ton of evidence to actually uh, back up the, the claims of all these people, uh, and that is because of a cover-up. So when you put all those things together, it's a massive, it's actually a massive case. Um, so it took place in 1966 in Victoria, here in Australia. It was in the suburb of Westall. It was around 11am in Westall at the time. And three crafts were spotted over a primary school and a high school. Hence the quite large numbers of uh, people witnessing the craft. Some of the students saw the craft from the windows of their classrooms. And I know some of the kids started yelling, there's flying saucers outside. And the teachers were kind of like, ah, sit down, don't go anywhere, it's not lunchtime yet. And then, uh, of course, it actually ended up being lunchtime not long after that. So the whole school uh, went out on recess and they all went outside and saw the craft, the flying saucers. There's a lot of different accounts that are now available from a lot of different people uh, who were there and explaining exactly what they saw. Uh, and some people say they saw three crafts and some people say they just saw one. Uh, I think depending on when they actually went outside, would have impacted uh, what they actually would have seen. We were out playing sport on the oval. One of the kids yelled out, look, look up in the sky, you know, it's flying saucers. And, and I remember we all looked up and it really was. It was a round silver 
disc um, and it, it seemed to be very low over the school and I remember kids screaming and running inside. Everyone started moving like a whole lot of zebras being terrified by crocodiles. I went where the herd went. went into the staff room. I went to get a cup of tea, and then because I was a smoker, and this, this is something that has uh, stayed with me for 42 years. Yes. I lit up a cigarette, and so I don't know how much I delayed before I went outside. Everyone just took off uh, out into the oval uh, in time to see it lifting off from the oval. It was probably, I don't know, 50 feet or more in the air at that stage. I see Andrew Greenwood, the science teacher, coming towards me, and he said, did you see it? Did you see it? And he pointed up in the air, and I said, no, see what? I have a very, very clear picture of him, and I remember almost exactly uh, what he said. And he said it was up in the sky, it moved at incredible speeds, it, it, it hovered, it, it seemed to go away, and there seemed to be light, light planes. And he thought, Cessnas from he thought they were actually checking it out from the urban airport yeah. and they were circling around it. Behind the schools there was a nature reserve called the Grange and one of the crafts actually went down uh, in that area so a few of the kids jumped the fence and got really close to the craft. So we have students, some of the teachers also went outside to see the craft. Uh, there are just locals around the neighbourhood as well because obviously this wasn't just... Uh, over a school, it would have sort of flown over the Westall area in general. Uh, and the crafts were believed to sort of hang around for quite a couple of minutes, so enough time for people to get a good look at what they were sort of seeing. So all this goes down, right? Uh, and obviously kids are going to go home, tell their parents, tell their other friends, you know, it's it's going to be a mass, it's going to be a massive story, right? So obviously word sort of breaks out and uh, the local news start getting involved and newspapers and the principal holds a assembly at the school and pretty much tells the kids that they didn't see anything to not talk to anyone about it. Everyone's going to think you made it up, uh, but you didn't see anything, that whole setting up a whole cover up uh, within the school anyway. Uh, and then kids who would speak out to the media would actually get uh, punished and I guess this question around why the principal was doing that, was that for his own benefit, I suppose, because he didn't want anything to do with it, or was he being silenced uh, by someone else? Footage of students being interviewed uh, on that day after school uh, by a local news station uh, is now has now vanished. People have gone into the records to find that footage, and the canister is empty. One of the teachers at the school actually had a camera with her, and she snapped pictures of the UFOs but her camera was actually confiscated by the principal and a, I believe they just described as a man in uniform. They had never seen him before and they couldn't really identify what his uniform was, but he was definitely a, um, an outsider. The fact that they didn't just want her film, they wanted the whole camera, really does speak at length about what was going on. Not long after the flying saucers were spotted, about 20 minutes or so, military-type people started turning up and surveying the area where the craft landed over in the Grange. They were described to be in a camouflage-type uniform, which in the mid-60s, Australia didn't wear that type of uniform. So it's believed that 
they could have been American figures because America was wearing the type of camouflage khaki colour at that stage. There were American troops in the country because of the Vietnam War currently going on. I think it's really bizarre how they managed to get to the site within 20 minutes of the sighting happening to sort of survey the area and see what actually was happening. Uh, unless, I suppose, they were somehow involved in a, I suppose, in a test flight of some sort of top secret aircraft. But you would think that a aircraft being flown in Australian skies is probably a Australian matter, uh, you know, with the Royal Australian Air Force. <laughs> Uh, and not that of um, United States. But in saying that, who really knows? Uh, they just somehow got alerted to it and were the first ones on the scene. Blair's Medju went to the Grange with his younger sister, but they saw what seemed to be a different unit. We hid behind this tree, and but fortunately this tree, the branches came down to the ground. We observed two army trucks, two men in the camouflage, and two men in blue uniforms. And it appeared that a uh, soldier was using a metal mine detector. He's walking around, sweeping back and forth. Keep down. The next time I see them, they turned and they started kicking violently at the ground. The two officers decide then, time to come back. They come back to the truck and they were gone. And then we could enter the paddock. We had no idea what we were walking into. We didn't know what those army men were doing and... I, all I can say, it was just, what is this? Please. To have the army there and all the rest of it, it was something important. So people were quiet about this for a really long time uh, until, I suppose, in the last uh, decade or so when it's sort of been dug up and now, you know, it's they had the 50th year, um, it was the 50th anniversary not too long ago, so it sort of always gets stirred up. And, and, you know, the dust has never really settled on this because there's so many questions still. The fact that um, a lot of people have lived with this their whole life and have never been able to um, really talk about it. But now there's a uh, there's a really great support network. So heaps of the people have come forward. There's a great documentary titled Westall 66, A Suburban UFO Mystery. And in that documentary, we hear from uh, a lot of witnesses, uh, experts, talking about what actually went down on that day. So we've got... A sighting with over 200 witnesses, there was photographic evidence that was confiscated. There was a some sort of government involvement coming uh, into the school, talking with children, um, surveying the site, and everyone was told to kind of keep quiet about this. And then it just kind of went away, which is insane to think one of the biggest mass UFO sightings is just gone. One of the young girls who was attending the Westall High School at the time was Suzanne Savage. Suzanne has come out in the last few years and been quite vocal about her experience and she's gone through um, hypnotherapy to recall what actually happened. Here's some audio from her from the Westall 66, a suburban UFO mystery. I want to find some sort of proof. You know, no one's ever wanted to know the details before. You know, they don't want to know the story. They just, I said, I've seen UFOs or flying saucers and they say, yeah, sure. What drugs were you on that day? And, um, you know, I was 13 years old. I was at school in the daytime. <laughs> I wasn't on any drugs. Slowly you start to drift. You're in the classroom. You're with Mr Greenwood, who was the teacher there. There's a little fella comes running around and says, there, 
Flying saucers outside. Flying saucers outside. Everybody laughed. And Mr. Greenwood said, come on, then, let's have a look. See yourself running down the Eiffel. One, two, three. Even though I know it's okay. true, wow. Wow. the more I try to see it again, it, it, the harder it becomes, I think. I can see bodies, but I can't see people, faces, you know? Mm-hmm. But I can still see the trees and the... Yeah, and the things, It yeah. was... Yeah. I reached out to Suzanne a little while ago, and it's funny, she contacted me the day that a news story was actually run about two months ago. And uh, as soon as I literally finished watching that news story, which is quite a bit of a piss take, not good uh, reporting whatsoever uh, on something pretty serious. But that's that's mainstream media uh, when it comes to UFO sightings, isn't it? Uh, And probably within half an hour of finishing watching that, uh, a message pops up on my phone from Suzanne saying that she'd love to come on the podcast and um, share her side of the story. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Suzanne, you were one of the students who witnessed the UFOs on that day. Can you start from the beginning and tell us what happened? It was a very ordinary day. It was um, around about 11 o'clock in the morning. Beautiful blue skies, not a cloud in the sky. And I was in science class with Mr Greenwood and um, somebody came to the door and flew it open and said... There's flying saucers in the sky. And I went, oh my God. <laughs> it was just coming on to recess time, so the bell went and then everybody got up 
and ran out, ran down to the corner of the schoolyard and was watch, watching them. Oh, I say them because I think there was three, but, you know, over the years that's got a bit hazy. But then other people say there was three too. Um, so I don't know. And um, I was actually standing with Mr Greenwood and he was looking up and saying, oh, my God, and what have you. It hovered and it went down behind the trees. Um, the Grange it was a huge area that just had pine trees everywhere. And it, I don't know, it didn't stay down very long. And then it came up again and hovered again and um, then just sort of turned on its side and took off a thousand miles an hour. But it did last for, you know, a few minutes. We were watching it for. So the craft you saw, what did it look like? It was a typical flying saucer, like saucer on top of a, another saucer, you know what I mean? Two saucers are on top of each other. And it was a sort of a silvery, whitey colour and the sun hit it, bounced off and sort of hit you in the face. It took off at such incredible speed and it just disappeared. You know, it, there was no clouds in the sky. Oh, there was planes, yeah, planes from Moravan. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing. So you saw three UFOs that day. What were the two UFOs doing while the other one landed? I seemed to think that they were further away because they looked smaller. They didn't come down and land, as far as I know. But then I did see the, the two smaller ones further on. Yeah, see, everybody has got their stories. There's lots of stories um, to be told. And But I'm, I'm only saying what I saw. Yeah, like there's people who were outside doing PE before I even went out there, and they saw it fly over the school ground. And, you know, they looked underneath it and they saw the underneath of it. So, yeah, that I'm a bit, um, you know, I wish it was me that saw it like that. (laughs) Yeah, well, see, for 40 years, I never really spoke about it. I did, I'd bring it up and say, you know, I've seen flying saucers and people just look at you funny and they don't, um, I don't know, they think you're on drugs or something. So I just don't say anything. And then when they had that reunion for the 40th anniversary, oh my God, that was amazing. And yeah, I've been talking about it for um, 13 years now. <laughs> I just wish that, you know, someone had have called a reunion sooner, you know, when it was sort of fresher in, in my mind. I um, I rang Mr Greenwood way back then, in 13 years ago, and I just wanted to know whether his recollection was the same as mine. And, yeah, it was. He said it word for word exactly how I remember it because, you know, you you don't really forget something like that. (laughs) 
How much did you know about UFOs at the time? I know there was a few movies out and a bit of, it was sort of in the pop culture at the time, but what about, you know, people in the mid-60s in Victoria, in Australia? Did you know much about UFOs, what they even were, what they looked like? What was your understanding? There was a movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still or something like that. (laughs) I think that was it, yeah. We knew they were flying saucers because they were that shape. But then... Um, you know, like we didn't have time to be sceptics, you know, we, we just saw these things in the sky and they were the same as the ones we saw in the movie. So they were flying saucers and, you know, we, we didn't have time to be sceptics. We just believed it. And then we couldn't understand why all these people were saying it's, absolute nonsense and rubbish and piffle and everything else. Like the headmaster, he called a special assembly and he said, I don't want to hear another word about these flying saucers. There's no such thing. Stop talking rubbish and get on with it sort of thing. And, yeah, we we didn't speak about it much. <laughs> I've heard recently that he was scared I don't know. I was just here say there were, there was another teacher who um, took photos. Then uh, she had her camera confiscated by by men in black type people. After the incident, did you see anyone who looked like they were from the government or maybe from the air force, military, uh, talking to students or teachers? No, I didn't. Okay, did you know anyone who did? Yeah, well, my friend Joy. She was interviewed by Channel 9, yeah, and it was outside the school. Somebody came and said, stop the interview, you get out of here, you get back into school, and that's it. Everyone just got shuffled around. And um, the film that was of her being interviewed, it's gone missing. It's a cover-up. Everything's covered up, and it drives me insane. Because I really, I really, really want some sort of truth before I die. <laughs> what was the atmosphere like at school? So obviously the principal holds an assembly, tells everyone not to talk about it. It was a top secret craft that the government are working on. So have you, what, what was everyone's reaction? Obviously you, people must have talked about it, right? They weren't just going home and not talking to their parents about it or what was the go? Oh, no, everyone went home, told their parents, like I told mine, and they they said it was rubbish. So I just went, oh, okay. Um, my father was the school photographer. I said, you know, bring your camera down and we'll take photos where it, where it landed and all that sort of thing. He said, don't talk crap to me because my dad was, yeah, very abrupt. <laughs> and then mum just said, oh, yeah, she she went with him, and that was that. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's amazing all the things you find out, you know. Since did you see any evidence of the ground being burnt or the grass being imprinted uh, where the craft did land? No, I didn't. I didn't go over there because I was a bit scared. But I wish I had of now. There was um, there was a another friend of mine who he was working just down uh, Eileen Road, just down 
near the Grange, and he used to go over there for his morning tea, just have his coffee and his smoke and what have you. And he he saw the this mark on the ground, and he said, "Oh, that's a bit weird. I wonder what caused that." And um, he just didn't think another thing of it, and went back into work. And then he thought, "I'm going to have another look at lunchtime." And so he went back, and it was oh the military people were there with it all marked off and they said you'd get out of here it's none of your business this is really interesting what about the girl who went really close to the craft uh maybe she even touched it some uh witnesses said and that she uh ended up being hospitalized and she never came back to school oh yeah that's tanya the funny thing was that she lived not far from the school and there was another girl who used to go around to her place and play, you know, after school. And she went there just to see how she was. And there was someone opened the door and said, no, no one by that name's here and no no one's ever lived here. And she was really baffled by that because she used to go to that house and, and see her all the time. She was the one who... I can't remember if she she touched it or she was really close to it anyway. And then she fainted and then the ambulance came. All this happened, you know, these are the things that happened. And no, there's no record of it at the school. Ambulance came, took her away and, and she was never seen again. But she is alive and she's living in Sydney or somewhere and but she doesn't ever want to talk about it. She would be a great one to get hold of. After this event, did you become extremely interested in the topic and start to do your own research, or did you kind of forget about it and put it on the back burner? Like, I'm sitting in my room here. I've got Westall High School photos of kids because Dad used to be the school photographer, and I've got all the class photos. I've got books. (laughs) I'm surrounded by Westall. It's really consumed me in the last 13 years. But I just don't know where to go anymore. I don't know what to do, who to speak to. What's your thought on extraterrestrial life? Do you believe that what you would have seen that day was potentially, that it was from another world, piloted potentially by another life form? Or do you think it could have just been a government experimental plane? If there was something that was man-made, you would think that we would have them now in operation doing things, you know. There's, it was how long ago? 53 years ago? <laughs> that was a very long time. Um, yeah, if they were man-made, we would have been using them now. They'd be, like, you know, everywhere. They're definitely extraterrestrial, yeah. So I guess what we can conclude with is that there was definitely something in the sky over Westall uh, that morning. Uh, there's enough, uh, I suppose there's enough evidence in reports and eyewitness sightings to sort of go off and that we do know there was other evidence that was destroyed or at least hidden from us. Um, but other than that, we don't have much else, do we? Uh, it's always, that's always kind of the way, but 
I guess my thought is it could have potentially been a test plane, um, some sort of experimental craft for sure. But I think um, at the same time, though, that doesn't quite answer all the questions, I suppose. Uh, the fact of them saying that it was that and that it wasn't a UFO sort of goes against, I guess, what the government has been known to sort of put out uh, to sort of, you know, give disinformation anyway uh, and kind of saying that it wasn't a UFO and that it was uh, potentially a some sort of secret government project is uh, a bit backwards for them, that's for sure. Also, the fact that it sounds like the American government were involved uh, in something that was taking place in Australia seems a bit strange as well. It, it may not have been um, extraterrestrials navigating this craft, but um, it's definitely... I believe extraterrestrial in origin anyway, even if it was, say, the American, the Australian government um, flying the craft. I'm not sure. Um, always, you know, we always sort of hope that it is something a little more than that. Um, but I don't know, it's bizarre. It's definitely a massive cover-up, which, which is strange because it doesn't really... I guess it didn't really need to be in a sense, you know, because it's sort of... Um, it just makes you it makes you less skeptical, doesn't it? When things are sort of destroyed and I don't know. What do you guys think though? I want to hear your thoughts on this um, incident. It's probably one that I'm assuming some of you know, but uh, it's also one that sort of gets a little overlooked. But it's definitely the biggest uh, incident here in Australia that we've uh, ever had. I know it definitely stacks up to uh, worldwide uh, reports as well. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, as I said earlier, if you enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes, please feel free to like, subscribe to the podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, all those good places. Um, you can pick the podcast up at any good podcast hosting server that you like. Thank you to Suzanne once again for coming on and telling us her eyewitness account. It, um, it was really greatly appreciated to hear from someone. Thanks again, guys. I'll catch you in the next podcast episode soon. Thanks, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.